0: All right, so um, can you tell me something I really didn't need to know? Hey, Mom, tell me something I didn't need to know. So how about let's learn something we really don't need to know?
1: Hi, ladies. Hi. Hello. How, how is, is How is everyone today? Fantastic. Itchy. It's almost sad and that- That's itchy, not bitchy. We like it when you're not bitchy. Hmm. Me too, but I prefer not to be itchy either. Hey Lynn, speaking of itchy, oh wait, before we go there, we should tell people where they're at. And who we are. Yes. Yes. Welcome to Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know. I'm Hannah Green. I'm Mary Swartz. I'm Lynn Samuels. And this is a podcast by sisters filled with all kinds of things that your brain really didn't know it needed to know. Probably didn't need to know, but we're going to put it in your brain anyway. Your life will be better for it when we're
0: done. That does not come with a money-back guarantee. Sure it does. We'll give them their money back.
1: (laughs) I think we should start off with a safety announcement for things they didn't know they needed to know.
0: All right, safety announcement.
1: Safety announcement. If you were out in the woods picking raspberries and there are these tall, thin uh, plants growing through them that have these tiny little hairs and you think, oh, they're just, you know, whatever, and you move them aside with your arm, they might be stinging nettles. Stinging nettles have those little hairs and they stab you and you get a horrible rash and you get hives all up and down your arm everywhere they touch you. And they itch and they burn it up, but only for 24 hours. Well, that's awesome. So see, we've already started off. There's something a little odd about so this picture and I know. have they this idea. Up. Okay. Sorry, sorry, Lynn. I
0: sense you guys
1: Mary sent us both a picture.
0: Okay. You should look
1: at this picture.
0: Let's talk about this picture.
1: Because I, I already, I'm, as I'm looking at this picture, I already have this thought. That it's not real? Oh, no, I think it's real, but I don't think it's a real dog. I think it's a human dressed as a dog. Or it's a dog that has swallowed a human. <laughs> oh. Mouth, and I can see the background, so that kind of gives me a size thing, and I just don't feel like that dog was large enough to even swallow a midget human. Well, I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking short statured human. First of all, the dog's arms and legs fold oddly, kind of like a human. The dog is a Japanese dog. I don't care if it's a Japanese dog. It looks like a dog that swallowed a human. Okay. But look at its paws. Its paws, the ends of them are more like claws that you would see on a uh, bear. They don't look like regular dog claws, so I'm having a problem with that. Also, the claws aren't actually touching the ground the way that, like, a dog's paws would. Okay. And its face. There's something wrong with the face. The hair on the face does not look right. right. Yeah,
0: yeah. Would you like the story uh, on the dog? Sure. Okay, are you ready? A yes. Japanese man spent approximately 2 million yen, or 12,500 pounds, or almost $16,000, on a border collie costume because he wanted to look like his favorite breed of dog. The man identified only as Toko. John is holding her head already
1: this i don't even know why she's holding her head she actually guessed this so why is she she should be like I told you the man but it's the amount of money that is why i'm holding my head right now the man identified only as toko hired a japanese company which is known for creating sculptures and models
0: they make them for movies and commercials so that he hired them to make The costume. The company reported it took 40 days to make the costume as Toko went through multiple rounds of trials and revisions to get it exactly right. Now, when you first look at it, it does look pretty real. It just looks a little weird. But I mean, there's no real reason unless you look close. Uh, Toko said he made it a collie because it looks real when he put it on. His favorite is the quadruple, quadruple quadrupedal animals, especially cute ones. Among them, I thought that a big animal close to my size would be good, considering it would be a realistic model, so I decided to make it a dog. He chose to make the collie because that's his favorite breed of dog. Now, an employee from the company that made the costume, this was a very unusual request, obviously, Um, the, the employee talked about how the team had to get together and figure out ways that they could make this dog figure costume correspond with that of a human. The point is, the employees said, the point is that the skeleton of a dog can be re- reproduced on the skeleton of a human. Since the structure of the skeleton is very different, we spent a lot of time studying how to make it look like a dog. In addition, they collected photographs taken from various angles so that the beautiful coat of the collie could be reproduced and devised so that it would flow naturally. So, Toko posted a video of himself in his costume, where he could be seen waving a spa and rolling around the floor. I have comments, I'm not even really sure. (sighs) That, it's, definitely the story belongs on our podcast.
1: Oh, my God. It's one of those
0: people where you go, what in the freaking hell
1: is this person thinking? That they've got the money to spend, and it makes them happy. Basically, I think you are accurate on that. All right. Well, I have a little tidbit for us as well. Okay, should we tell people what we're drinking first, or you want to do your tidbit? I'll do my tidbit. Then we can talk about drinks. All right. A Canadian candy company looking to hire a new employee. Just one. They're looking to hire a chief candy officer. CCO. A CCO. Yes, a CCO. Okay. Hang on, because somehow my story has now disappeared. Here we go. Like, like, this is quite the boss. A pop-up jumped on my screen and I wouldn't go away. Okay. You start over. All right. So, Canadian candy company. They're looking to hire an employee. Okay. Just one? Just one. It's a tiny, teeny, tiny little company. Well, this is a very big job. They have little teeny, tiny candy. <laughs> they're not looking for an Oompa Loompa. Oh. <laughs> they're looking to hire a chief candy officer. CCO. There we go. Yes. Right on my name tag. You would be the official taste tester.
0: Okay. We, everybody needs, yeah, everybody
1: needs something like that. Well, yeah, I would assume any candy company would have taste testers. Yeah. The um, biggest job requirement? Yes. Eat a lot of candy. Right. Okay, yeah. Now, here's the thing. You get paid tens. You get paid to test, sorry, thousands of different kinds of candy thousands of different kinds of candy now the company is called candy fun house they are a canada can't i can't even talk geez louise what'd you put in this drink i didn't make it how many did you have already hannah i just came from you work were one in the kitchen and nobody could see you a little for me a little for the drink a little for me a little for the drink no not today uh, so, Candy Funhouse is a Canada-based candy company. I think I've seen some of their stuff. They have 3,500-plus different types of candy. Okay. And the chief candy officer will approve all of the candy in inventory. And then we'll decide whether or not to award each kind of candy with the official chief candy officer stamp of approval. I'm just thinking, like, because... It's not, not just about what you like, though. You've right. got to be able to taste things and know what other people would like. Right. So, well, so it's not just somebody who likes candy. It's got to be somebody who. Okay, well, hold up, Lynn. Like, yeah. <clears throat> like the love of candy, this position isn't bound by age. The job description reads This sweet gig is open to anyone as young as five who is living in North America. It is a work from home job and it pays up to 100,000 Canadian dollars or about $78,000 US annually. I'm applying right now as we speak. No, I am. No, I I'm am. I'm sending them a letter about you.
0: I'm sending them a bottle of wine. Now there is I'm no need for job
1: app chocolate. I think they probably already have some <laughs> There's no need for the job applicants to already be a candy sommelier. Candy Funhouse will provide extensive (coughs) palate training to the candidate and a top-notch dental plan. Wow. How do they know you've actually tasted this stuff if you're working from home? The chief candy officer is also responsible for leading candy strategy, deciding new products, and even running candy Board meetings. You can apply. I think that that leaves you out, Mary. You definitely cannot lead a board meeting. It's a candy board meeting. All she's got to do is sit around talking to the gummy bears. It's fine. Now, if you are interested, you without eating them. Well, the good news is if you don't like what what you just said, I'm going to eat you. You just just bite their head off. It's fine. Now they're quiet. There you go. Uh if you're interested in applying for the job you can look online for an application you simply have to apply by august 31st all right and if any of our listeners apply and get hired we'd love to hear about it oh hell yes we would lynn you need a job don't you i do there you go brennan just laughed i don't know what that means the man sitting over there that's married to me just laughed i don't know what that means
0: (laughs) (laughs) means i have to bleep his name out again
1: no because i said it a second time so you can just you know remove that all right okay um all right brendan (laughs) you need to apologize to mary she's the one that has to edit it out (laughs) no i'm just gonna bleep her all right so um so on our you tried your drink i did it's amazing it's really it's
0: very light and very super refreshing so On our vacation last year we ended up in Swickley, Pennsylvania and we ended up at this little distillery called McLaughlin distillery which we were a little hesitant about when we arrived at Um, but but the visit was amazing the guy working there was amazing their product is amazing we picked up two bottles of moonshine and I brought
1: home a bottle of lemonade moonshine and so Hannah came up with a drink for it so while falling down rabbit holes on the internet one evening when i probably should have been sleeping i came across this recipe that is apparently like a TikTok sensation and it's called creamy lemonade okay and you use fresh lemons or lemon juice and you whisk it into uh sweetened condensed milk which made me really honest to god hesitate because that's very sweet so sweet yeah and then you add a bunch of water to it and you whisk it all together and it makes this creamy looking concoction. It's very nice, it's and very then pretty. You pour it over ice and uh, and at the bottom, I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. And then I was wondering what we could kind of do with it. And then at the bottom of the recipe, it said, this is a non-alcoholic drink. However, for some adult beverage suggestions, you might try adding. And, and it we li- did. And, and it had a few suggestions and i instantly thought lemonade moonshine heck yeah this is really good we're
0: gonna definitely have more than one of them
1: so we are drinking a creamy lemonade with a generous shot of lemonade moonshine added to it yes it's lovely and it definitely doesn't taste like regular nope it does not but it also doesn't taste overly sweet it's very interesting
0: all right, does anybody have a word of the week for us? Of course.
1: All right. I always have a word of the week. Okay. Bring us your word of the week. <clears throat> My word of the week is mead. Spell it. M-E-E-D. It's an M-E-A-D is, is mead that you drink, right? And it's it delicious. Is.
0: Mead that you drink is actually a wine made with honey. Which is delicious, yeah. so I am thinking, and very,
1: very potent. Let me so tell you. So I am
0: thinking that M E E D is the redneck version, which is the kind that you not only drink, but you can run your car on, and when Grandpa dies, you can use it as embalming fluid. It's a
1: multi-purpose. Oh, it's like the WD forty of mead. Family recipe. <laughs> Are you uh, referring to Dad's Dad stuff? <laughs> what? No. No, we would never be. No, no. Because my friends called it rocket fuel. (laughs) Well, Lynn, what do you think mead is? I think mead is, um, I got nothing. I got Ed, I got me, I got meat. I don't know. When you meet Ed, I don't know. That's lame.
0: Okay, how about you use it in a sentence? Maybe we'll have better guesses.
1: You could use mead as your mead at the end of a day of long hard work you're speaking to unemployed people (laughs) i know hard work doing what yeah drinking wandering through the stinging nettles watering through the stinging nettles wandering okay i'm gonna water them so that they grow well and then i can eat them yeah um I think yours makes sense then Mary, cause it's, you can use mead for your mead. So I think mead has to be something you can drink. So yeah. Mead. Maybe it's a specific brand of mead. Like Q-tip is really the brand name or Kleenex is really the brand name.
0: Okay. So the, okay. So it stands for.
1: My excellent. Educational.
0: Explosive. Drink. drink. My, yes, yes. My excellent explosive drink.
1: <laughs> We're rednecked it girl. <laughs> no, no. I, think, that is... I feel like you're you're drawing on personal experience, Mary. Do you have any experience with exploding alcoholic well sugar drinks?
0: I have scars to prove it. Yes, I do. <laughs> personal experience. Thank you very much, Lynn. Yep. mead. Says the woman who helped me open the last bottle oh, after we just so got back from the emergency room.
1: <laughs> but it was so good. And we were careful. We were like it was freaking amazing. Bombs.
0: Okay, but it doesn't matter because the one that blew up on me had nothing to do with being careful. I was being careful. The whole bottle fucking blew up.
1: But we submerged it in water before opening, so if it exploded underwater, we'd get a little wet, but I don't think we would have gotten hurt. It was good. It was very, very, very good. You're saying your mead was good? It was delicious. It well, was. I will say that... In this, in that specific circumstance, you could use mead properly. Would you like me to tell you what it means? It's going to be a topical, I'm losing
0: all my words here, um, antiseptic antibacterial thing. No. Which I guess would be a fourth use for it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, what is it? It is a deserved share or reward well that's kind of boring oh. that was lame I like ours better me too we should just rewrite the dictionary yes we should do you have a word for us me yes sure. you uh concupisant Concupiscent.
0: <laughs> Concupiscent. I'm pretty sure that that is the language you speak after drinking Johanna's mead <laughs>
1: I was going to say that is a cucumber salad that you make using dad's mead (laughs) a cucumber salad? that sounds boring oh trust me if you use dad's mead to make it it's not boring it might be explosive is it just cucumbers though? oh no you can put whatever you want in it you've been drinking so it's fine just whatever you like as long as it's got dad's mead and cucumbers in it, you put whatever you want in it. Oh, all right. Okay, do you want to use it in a sentence or anything? She can't even say it. Um, the concupiscent look he gave her had her quivering in her dress, in her shoes. I don't know, whatever she was wearing, she was quivering It's concupiscent look. Is this like a steamy smoldering sexy look or is this the look that the principal and dad like is this the look dad gives you when he comes home from work and he knows you've got something to tell him yeah that'll make you quiver. yeah one of those could be really awkward if used incorrectly that that's
0: funny both of them could probably be awkward if they're used
1: incorrectly yeah all right well i'm going with it's not dad Let's go with, it's the hot, smoldering, sexy look the man gives you. You know, the look of pure lust. It's
0: the name they give the guy on the front of all the romance
1: novels? Fabio? I don't know. It's the Fabio look. (laughs) He's like 80. You can't, he can't, he's like, you can't use him anymore. Because if you see him now, you're like, that's Grandpa. Grandpa (laughs) Fabio. (laughs) I don't want his concupiscent look.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he used to sit on his lap. No, I don't I don't know.
1: Um, yeah, that's what I'm going with. Johanna is right. It's lustful. It's lustful. Okay. All right. All right. This one's really easy to say. Mama guy. Did you say I'm a guy? <laughs> Are you kidding? Mama guy. Mama. Mama. M-A-M-A-G-U-Y. Mama guy. Well, that's obvious. Nowadays, Mama can be anything she wants, and Mama's a guy. Um, I think that this is uh, this is the opposite of the cougar. This is the guy who goes looking for the cougar. Ooh, that's a very good guy. Oh my gosh! Gotcha, mama guy, a guy who likes his mama. That's his hot mama. That's
0: uncomfortable. <laughs>
1: Will you be my no, hot no. mama? How about if we rephrase that, Lynn? It's not a guy who likes his mama. It's a guy who likes a mama. Oh, like Jamie's Mommy or, or whatever that song is. Jamie's Mom? What's that song? Stacy's Mom? Yeah, Stacy's Stacey's mom. mom. Jamie's got a gun, but Stacy's got a mom. <laughs> <laughs> And her name is Jenny and we've got her number. <laughs> oh my God, that was good. That was awesome. But it's okay because Mama Jenny is Jesse's girl. Jesus Christ. Oh okay. An example of Mama Guy.
0: An example An example second. of Mama Guy. Lynn. Your hair is so freaking stunning. I cannot believe you're not a runway model with it.
1: Oh, it is a sarcasm. sarcasm. It's a what? It's extreme sarcasm. No, no, it's not. I don't know. It feels like a passive aggressive backhanded (laughs) compliment. You have to just describe how frizzy my hair is today so people realize that I'm not looking at a good hairstyle. My hair, it's frizzy, 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 and it's bad, and I did nothing to it today, so it's a hot mess. Lynn, Lynn looks like she had an 80s perm and she ran a brush through it. <laughs> that, that, and then I tried to tame it with my hands and she it spit. didn't really work, so I just got a halo of frizz and I did. I kept running my hands through it going, stop that. Yes, would you like to mama guide me?
0: Yes, Hannah, I have often wondered, how amazing your legs are! Why you don't do near commercials? Hold on, I'll
1: show you. All. <laughs> <laughs> are they you they won't bullshit,
0: bullshit with not my <laughs> It's basically to flatter someone by lying to them. Hmm. And I really had to go. I mean, I really had to dig deep to find something that wasn't totally snarky and bullshit. You know, I.
1: I know, and I was really confused about the Nair commercial thing because I'm like, I don't have hairy legs. What are you saying? Well, you don't have legs that they're gonna put on TV either, any more than the rest of us do. They would put my legs on before they'd put my toes on. <laughs> <laughs> I put can... your toes on before they put my hair on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies, are we ready for a story? Oh my God, yes. All right, my story is called "A Man with Style."
1: Harry Styles
0: you you would not have taken William Treadwell for an outlaw how could you he was a dainty fellow short slender
1: well-dressed and very refined Mary yes sounds like a lot like the beginning of a story I wrote for murder mischief and Moscato I just want you to know that well are you plagiarizing Hannah no but I think I but I think she might have been spying on my computer last night as I wrote uh, not at all what you would expect
0: of a southeastern south Michigan farm boy who grew up in the era before the Civil War when the average citizen was a common laborer, farmer, or toolmaker. He dressed well. He presented himself with a little flair. He was smart. and he, he knew he had the desire to go places with his life, but the one thing he didn't have was the desire to do manual labor. He loathed calluses, sweat, dirt under his fingernails, those were not acceptable. He had early on learned that he he did prefer occupations where customers handed him money instead of a shovel or a rake. He had, because of his pleasant ways and his obliging disposition, made himself very popular among the farmers and businessmen alike. Customers, colleagues, and even competitors found young William Treadwell to be astute, punctual, faithful. Young Treadwell seemed to be a perfect fit for a corner office. He was committed to the town's economic progress that he lived in, and he sank his roots in deeper in 1862, around the age of 30, when he brought his new bride, an Ohio girl named Mary Hester, to his hometown. William Treadwell had it all. He had looks, a charming personality, a beautiful wife, prestige, a gorgeous home in the small town of Hudson, Michigan, but it wasn't quite enough. As William Treadwell sat behind his desk at the People's Bank in Hudson, a small community in southern Michigan's Lenawee County, he mulled over the opportunity that had simply presented itself. Could he actually do it? Could he get away with it? No doubt in his mind, it's January 1864, and area governments were depositing huge amounts of money the proceeds of year-end taxes that their citizens had paid the previous month the government would withdraw the money in february when their own taxes came due but in the meantime the vaults were full at people's bank which william had bought in 1859 with his father Urius. he bought the bank he bought the bank it was eighteen hundreds. it was very different times were different he so bought privately owned by. yes but he now owned the bank outright he'd actually bought his father out Though William was a respected member of the community and counted among his friends many of the local businessmen and farmers who trusted him with their money, the seeds of greed had taken root in his brain, and he was about to commit a crime that would forever tarnish his name in Hudson, as well as lead to his grisly death. Do
1: you know what podcasts run, right? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes, I do. Back in the day, William had... Grown up
0: in southeastern Michigan and begun his career in dry goods at a very young age. He started out as a junior clerk at a shop in Hudson, but proved so good at sales that he eventually became the shop's proprietor. He was a hard worker, but, as I said previously, he believed in working smarter, not harder. And his tenure at the People's Bank began when the bank's owner hired him as a manager. Now, he was only in his mid-20s and already on his way to becoming a successful, well-respected pillar of the community. Eventually, in 1859, William bought the bank from his boss along with his father, Urius Treadwell, and he built a strong business based on his pleasant attitude and his professional demeanor. William provided the management, Urius provided the capital. William was so successful that he was able to build an expensive Italian villa-style house, which still stands in Hudson to this day. However, the temptation to acquire more wealth proved too great and William hatched a scheme that he thought would make him a very wealthy man, or so he thought. First, he knew he needed more money than the treasure trove that already sat in the People's Bank vault. So, on January 16th of 1864, President of the Bank, William Treadwell, sent a series of letters requesting loans from various banks in 20 different Midwestern cities. Now, many of the banks agreed, and by January 20th, the corrupt banker had amassed a sizable amount of cash. Early that morning, he entered the bank's vault, and he left with $66,000, which today would equal a little over a million dollars. Wow, okay. He hopped on a 3 a.m. eastbound train with his ill-gotten gains, and he hightailed it to Ohio, where he met with his wife Mary and her father Samuel Hester. Both knew about the plot. If you, if you were married, which you two are, Not not to each other, just so you, you know, understand that we are not married to each other anymore.
1: Okay, thank you for clarifying. I'm glad you're not married to each other anymore. And your spouse came to you and said, "I can't believe you're wondering that." I I plan to discuss this. Why are you glad, Johanna? You should be sad for me. For you, Mary is an amazing woman. But you're married. (laughs) We're not married. Don't, Don't get about me. For shit. I was going to say, but Lynn, you're married to a really amazing man. And I'm not? Pop, <laughs> <laughs> well, I hadn't gotten that far. Damn. Wow, Larry will be unhappy with that comment. You might need to pay Mary some money to keep that away from Larry. Just saying. Well, since you guys cut me off and I didn't even get to finish my sentence... I was gonna say and mary is married to this guy who is hilarious and generous and kind-hearted i think you're both doing just fine and you still have each other you just say that because last
0: weekend when he was drunk he gave me
1: all the money in his wallet <laughs> well he he also gave us his shoe he took that back a <laughs> shoe and then he gave us a different shoe and the second shoe cost a lot more than the first shoe yeah i did and it came with truck keys. Oh, yeah. To say Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. So. I don't even remember where <laughs> I was going with this because. <laughs> oh, oh, hold on. All right. Yes, I do. Okay. So your spouse comes to you and says, hey, I got this plan. I'm going to rip off the company. I want you and your dad to meet me in the next state over. You're just cool with this? I'm going to think that they must have been. Wow. So. That's what happened. Some people are obviously or just weak-willed. Because my response would have been, yeah, good luck with that. Don't call me from jail. Well, this was 1864. Things were different then. Women were still like property of men. You know.
0: Yeah. Okay, so now they're all in Ohio. Uh, The trio spent the next few days traveling across Ohio trying to avoid getting caught. They remain undiscovered for a few weeks, but on February 11th, They were found on a train in Mansfield, Ohio. (laughs) Officers arrested Treadwell. But for some reason, they let Mary and her father leave with the money that Treadwell
1: had stolen from the bank. Did the police know she had the money? I don't know. Or was it like, take your suitcase and go? Details are a little, like,
0: not complete. Okay. So William returned to Michigan, sat behind bars until July 1st when he was convicted and he was sent to jail. The banker tried to negotiate a settlement. He offered $32,000 to creditors in exchange for dropping the charges and a waiver of future financial claims. Michiganders told him to just freaking get lost.
1: I'll give you half the money back. You guys drop everything. Yes.
0: Now, before her husband returned to jail, his oh-so-loving wife, Mary, embraced him and slipped into his pocket nine $100 bills during this embrace. But Treadwell, being behind bars, had no intentions of staying there for long. In fact, it actually only lasted a couple hours, because about four hours after they booked him into jail, by five o'clock on that same day, Treadwell had escaped, along with another jailbird by the name of John Cowell. Now, John was not only a horse thief, but he was a Union Army deserter as well. So the two headed back towards Ohio, wandering south through the woods so they could stay out of eyesight. They were looking to find this gentleman that William had told John about by the name of Samuel Hester, who had the bank's money.
1: That would be the father-in-law?
0: Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, William Treadwell had promised John a share of the cash that they would receive from Hester when they found him. But John got a little impatient, and John decided that the $900 that William Treadwell carried with him was... It was kind of a temptation. And you know what they say about a small payday now versus maybe a large payday in the future that's not guaranteed? We took the small payday. Somewhere around July 4th, near the Ohio community of Napoleon, Cowell killed Treadwell by shooting him and crushed his head.
1: Where did he get a gun? 1864. I don't know. What, they booked him into jail and let him keep his gun? Possibly. What the hell is wrong with these people? It was a more civilized time. It was. Clearly. And then then John left with the money. But on a
0: side note, even at dead, William was properly attired because he was wearing a tailored suit that he had ordered from New York. Now, John fled to Cleveland, and he had himself quite a fine bender with Treadwell's $900. A man walking through the woods found Treadwell's body on July 14th. So ten days later... Yeah. That and
1: cannot have been pleasant. It
0: wasn't. I left those details out. Oof. And authorities later arrested Cowell at his father's home in Bloomingville, Ohio. After questioning him, they found Treadwell's watch and two $100 bills in his pocket. Now, he was ultimately convicted of and hanged for Treadwell's murder in August of 1865. And at that point in time, William was no longer on the hook for the money he had stolen
1: from the bank because he's dead. Uh, gee, you think? But they didn't get it back. Now his wife and his and her dad have it. However, somebody has to be held
0: responsible, and that person or people were Treadwell's father and his father-in-law. Why was his father being held responsible? Uh, it sounds like he might have been part of it. Okay. Although Samuel Hester eventually returned his son-in-law's ill-gotten cash, for several years he and Urias Treadwell faced lawsuits from the bank's creditors who were demanding back their money in time the story fell off the front pages of the newspaper and life in hudson returned to normal people talked about it for many years to come but the fate of william treadwell found sympathy in very few hearts so i read the the, funny, the thing i found about this story was the newspaper articles the way they wrote articles then versus the way they write them now yes it, the the articles were very very explicit Oh yeah. You know, the man walking through the woods and he smells this stench and they're very descriptive. So on September 5th of 1864, <coughs> the Adrian Michigan Expositor, that's the name of the newspaper, did this big article. And the end of the article, I thought was rather noteworthy. Okay. The end of the article, the circumstances that we have narrated point unerringly to the guilty author of this terrible deed, and further investigation will probably shed still greater light upon it. And so ends the celebrated Treadwell case. And what an end, swindling in cold blood scores of poor and unsuspecting men and women, many of them of their hard earning savings of years. He escapes, he's arrested, he refuses to disgorge his wickedly gotten gains save at a price that should leave in his possession the greater half he's tried convicted and pending his sentence again escapes successfully eluding pursuit it is not always that divine justice marches so swiftly and so plainly to its mark few more remarkable cases than this are found recorded in the history of christ wow
1: wow
0: right. yeah the the newspaper articles if you go back and you read articles written in the 1800s oh, yeah. they're just so much different than what we're
1: used to today yeah the... and if you go back farther than that you get things where it was like literally like three sentences that you're like i have no idea what that was about <laughs> you know so a yeah. man in a black derby hat walked a chicken across the road without, a, received, leash. without a leash and received a fine today what that's the entire article they were probably going to the mailbox. Oh, probably. <laughs> they might have been on their way to the bar. Let's just be honest. Yes, the chicken oh, was the designated they had a walker. Derby had on, So I think they were going to church.
0: Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. we'd really yeah. know if the chicken had
1: a derby hat on too. Yeah, that's true. And a collar. Was yeah. the derby, was the chicken wearing a derby hat and a collar? That would make him the priest. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> that's another story for I'm another day oh my gosh good story mary Thanks. although it was that kind of felt like a story that could have been done on the other podcast too okay i'll save it all right <laughs> no <laughs> it was just kind, kind of, of kind of one of those silly things it was silly mary arahana i'm gonna do it next week on the other podcast and just plagiarize her whole thing all right I'm gonna, i have a story sweet well, when I do my story, Mary, well, you guys will understand why I'm like, what? What's going on? Am I being punked? That's too funny. All right. Well, thank you to everyone who spent some of their time with us today. We hope that you learned something. We hope you got a giggle out of it. Uh, you know, we hope that we didn't make your brain explode. We hope you're still listening. Would you like us to sing? No. Okay. No, no, no. Please, okay. We please. don't want their ears to bleed, too. No. Okay. If you have questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, corrections, uh, feel free to reach out to us. We do all of our own research. We're human. We make mistakes. We're always on the look for story ideas. Hell yeah. And we love to hear from you. Honestly, we really do. We read each and every single message that we receive. All four of them. <laughs> Well, one of us is doing more work than the rest because, you know, if we split that three ways, somebody's got to read two. You have to to read them to me. Oh, okay. Oh, I
0: forgot. She only reads in Braille.
1: (laughs) Oh, you can (laughs) find us. I'm the blind sister. You can find us on Facebook at Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter you can find us at gmail at tmsidntk uh if like i said if you if you see a headline we get a lot a lot a lot of uh, stories from uh headlines that readers send us or if you have a story of your own that you would like to share and have us turn it into an episode let us know anything else ladies okay nothing nope all right have a wonderful week we love you guys Bye. Bye.